Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Let's pray one more time, if you don't mind. Let's pray that God will just touch us. I want to look into this lesson, see what God has for us. Hallelujah, let's pray. God, we love you, Jesus. We love you today. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask you to anoint us, touch us, anoint our minds, our hearts. Father, you see us, you know us, you know all the activities we are involved in. So I ask you right now just to calm us, let us settle down, let us look into this word, Lord God, let us receive it, plant it in our hearts and in our minds, Lord God. Touch us, touch the Sunday school, touch every bit of ministering that will take place. God, we ask you to have your way and strengthen us in the holy name of Jesus Christ. We ask this day, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. As he mentioned, our verse is... Um, Mark 141, the name of the lesson is The Hands of Jesus. And it reads, Mark 141, And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. Now, what I want to do, I just want to, um, I just want to go back and just read verse 40. Um, there came unto him a leper, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou can make me clean. Now I'm telling you, attitude goes a long way with the Lord. It's not that he was demanding. He came in an humble position, asking God. Because when you think about it, he had a disease that there was no healing for. There was no way to cleanse. It wasn't somebody that he could go to like, Lord, I want you to, I've heard you can heal, heal me, but in case you don't, I can go down the street and someone will help me. There was nobody to help this man. So he went probably in his mind to the only one that could help him. So he went in a humble manner, kneeling down and said, if thou wilt, thou can heal me. So the Lord took, he was moved with compassion because of the man himself. And I don't believe, and this is me, I don't believe it was because of the man's leprosy. I believe it was the spirit of the man that moved the Lord. So the Bible says in 41, and Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. Now immediately he did something and Brother, Brother Bird it has already mentioned it, something you did not touch a leper. If a leper came to you, no matter how much you wanted to help him, you did not touch him. It was the law. So you could, 
you could stand back and say, I am following the law. I'm not touching this dude. He is unclean and I will not make myself unclean and care myself home and make my family unclean. But just like the Bible says, God didn't come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill the law. So what I just want, and, and this is me, I just want to, this is just a thought, but this is the way I see it, and I don't know no other way to say it. Here's this man coming to the Lord. He's a leper. Now, when people come down, and we all do it, when we come down and someone lays hands, you get the, the, someone, the Lord's anointed to lay hands on you, I believe this is where it started. It was started in a man society would not even touch. And Jesus reaches out and touches a leper. And he started, a, he gave us a prelude of what is to come. Touch that which is untouchable. And he gave us a plan. So he said, when you need something, come. Let people be moved and pray. Because it's, it's not that you just... He put his spirit within us. So it's not that you just pray and just say, I'm praying within my own spirit. That is not the way we should pray. So when you pray and pray through the Holy Ghost, it's just like the Bible says, Jesus was moved with compassion. So when he prayed and touched him, yes, the man was unclean according to the law. But as soon as Jesus touched him, he was no longer unclean. He was cleansed right then. So it was just the beginning of what he, we was to see as of, I believe, the laying on of hands. So he did this. Now, he touched, and that's what the lesson is about, is just being the hands to touch people. And it, it's, it's going to speak of leprosy today, but don't let your mind just stay on leprosy. But leprosy itself is a disease but the New Testament likens leprosy to sin. So it's just, it is, I don't know of a more fitting, I'm sure that's why it does it, of a more fitting type of sin than leprosy. Leprosy was something that separated you. It just, all of a sudden, your body parts you could not feel. It made you numb. All of a sudden, your, your uh, body parts got where they just started falling off. I don't want to be trying try to be too graphic with it, but it just, you went numb. And you, I mean, if ever we live in a society where you just feel like getting to the point where you, where you say, I'm not letting anything else shock me. We can't do that. We can't do that. Because if we get that, we just get so fed up of what is trying to be force-fed on us, and we just said, look, I'm blocking everything. Pray for that. Pray for God to touch this country. I can't turn it inward and say, I'm so sick of this, nothing else, nothing. I don't care what it is, it's not touching me. No, we, are against, we have to pray against that and just say, you know what? I will not go numb to it. Whatever is happening, no matter how bad the leper looked, you're speaking of God's creation. And it's just, um, 
I know it's Sunday morning and it's early, but stay with me. Sometime a leper could look really, really bad. And then I'm trying to make a, an example of liking it to sin. So sometimes the individuals that we come across and we deal with, it's just not pretty. It's just not pretty. But when our head hits the pillow, our end result is I'm dealing with one of God's creatures. So who am I to say who should get it and who should not get it? Because that could have been said of me. So lest I ever find myself there, I, who am I to say that? I don't never want to say that, never want to say that. The Bible speaks of Mary, and the truth of it is we know very little Mary of Magdalene, who's who I'm speaking of, we know very little about her, her beginnings. The Bible just goes off and all of a sudden it's talking and all of a sudden Mary appears. And But here is a lady that if you learn about her and, and know about her, you just find her that's, she's just, I don't know what her life was like. The Bible says that he cast out seven devils out of her and my, this is me, my view of seven, I view seven as complete. That is my, that is my view. Seven is a complete. Sometimes seven in this, is the Bible is used more than seven. But it, I'm not saying it's not seven. But the way I would say of Mary, she was completely possessed of the enemy. It's not like um, the first devil said, I'll take this position, I'll take this shift, I'll take this shift. No, this lady was completely tormented of the enemy. And the Bible talks about certain women that went with Jesus and ministered unto him. And so here is Mary, and I don't know whether she just hid during the day, snapped at everybody that come across her. I don't know what it's like. I hope I never know what it's like to be at all resemble what she had to be like. But to come across the Lord must have been the most remarkable thing that ever happened in her life. Because imagine, there was no peace. There was no peace at all in her life. I don't believe she could sleep. I don't know what, just every waking minute had to be miserable. And here she is living and she had to be one of society's outcast. And she is one that if, if, if you got close to her, you did dare not go by her. You went around her because she probably looked literally like a wild-eyed woman. And I mean that the way the Bible speaks of her. It's just literally, she was just, if, you, if we could just go back in time and see this picture of Mary, and just see what God did for Mary of Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. But talking to herself, snapping, just all this. And it's just knowing what she went through. But the Bible simply says, and it came to pass afterwards as he went through every city and village preaching and showing glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him and certain women which he had healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. Now the Bible just says that's the way it, we find of Mary. 
it just, we just don't know much about her. All of a sudden, and, and like, oh, by the way, here's Mary. <laughs> he cast seven devils out of her. Now, if this is me, if I'd have been Mary and he cast seven devils out of me, I'd have been his shadow until they laid me to rest. I mean, he would, it's it, it just uh, uh, Elisha and Elijah. You know, where you go, you just call me shadow from now on because I'm not leaving you. And because that is why I think that it is just, she, she was so fond of the Lord, of what he had did for her. Because imagine the first night that she could lay down and actually go to sleep of what it must have been like to sleep through the night and to wake up not being tormented. I'm telling you, it must have really, it was probably like literally like the Bible talks about his spirit of literally being born again, of having this happen. But he did this, the mess that her life was, but truly in scripture, we only find a few people that had more demons than Mary, literally in the Bible. She's a classic example in scripture of how drastically the Lord can change a life. Here is one from society that people would push aside. And I can't, you know, and really and truly, I mean, you just, you just find yourself saying, Try to do this in a nice way. There was my grandfather on my father's side was in at the very end of his life was in a home. And me and my wife and we was walking and there was an elderly lady sitting there. It was walking down a hallway and she was in a chair. And she was sort of leaned over and it was just, there was no movement at all. And so we was walking by and Sister Rayleigh was there and I was there and the lady was on this side. And she didn't make a move until I got to her. And she lunged at me and I, <sighs> woo. <laughs> But when some people, you know, you look at society and the way some people act, Mary, you just want to, Mary would have been one that, not trying to be cruel, but in just good conscience, you would want to go around her. And I didn't mean this lady no harm, believe me. And I didn't react wrong to her I just found out her reason for what she was doing but it scared the life out of me I'll be honest with you but when you see someone or actually see someone that's like that and then see the end result of what the Lord can do it is truly amazing it is truly amazing to be this to see where Mary where she was to where she went to. And she is mentioned 12 times by name in the gospel. 
which is quite a bit more than even the disciples was because I believe it was Mary. Mary just traveled with Jesus, was at his crucifixion and his burial. Not many people had that privilege, but being the greatest armor or honor in her life, she was the first person to appear after his resurrection. He appeared to was her. And having gone to see him, they found the empty tomb, wanted to tell the disciples, and then she hung back, Mary did. I don't know why. I believe it was just pure affection for the Lord. She hung back, and, and then thinking Jesus was a gardener, I believe she was just overwhelmed with emotion. And here is, I just want to read in John 20, a passage. John 20, and I'll read verse um, 12. And she seeth two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at his feet where the body of Jesus had laid. Now, and then I'll skip to uh, verse 17. This is speaking of Mary. And she saith, Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. Now anywhere you try to read on verse 17, they'll tell you this is a hard scripture to explain or for the commentaries. So I'll just give you my commentary on it um, of what I see in this. And I go, you know, I'm one that I believe the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And so I see where here is Mary. And she takes, in verse 12, she looks in, she sees the two angels sinning, one at the head, the other at the feet. I immediately, my mind goes to the Ark of the Covenant where you have the two cherubims facing each other on the Day of Atonement. That was the most holy day. That was for the atonement of the sins. She goes in, she sees this. Here's Jesus in 17. He said, touch me not. That means cling. Quit clinging unto me. Here's Mary. She saw Jesus crucified. What does she do? The shadow takes hold. She's, I'm not leaving. So Jesus is saying, this is me. Now this is me. I'm not saying this is correct. I'm just saying this is what I see it as. Jesus died for our sacrifice. We get to heaven. Somewhere I believe there's going to be a representative of his crucifixion that we can actually see. And I believe Jesus was telling her this when he says, stop clinging to me. I've got to go to the Father. I've got to go to, to heaven, to the Spirit, to do this like the Day of Atonement was. That sacrifice had to be done. So that's the way I see this. And what Mary was doing, he was telling her when he said, touch me not, he was not trying to be cruel. I have not done this, so I have to do this. And that's just me, though. But what I'm saying is here is a Lord. Here is the Lord. He touched a leper. 
society wouldn't even touch. Here is a woman. Society would have locked up probably if they'd had the chance. She is the first person to see Jesus after he rose, after the spirit entered into that body. And it was Mary. Mary. Here is one that was nothing. I hate to say it that way. But nothing to society but an outcast. And God gives her the message, go tell the brethren what you have seen. So here is two of society's outcasts that had two of the most precious events happen in their life. So that's why, you know, who, who would I be if I tried to look at someone and say, what could God do in their life? <laughs> I might be shocked what God could do in their life. Because I could, you know, because if I look at an individual and say, what could God do in their life? I'm limiting God. Literally, I'm limiting God. God, could, God is no respecter of persons. I'm doubting God. You know, because if, if I look at Brother Fears and say, what good is he? Then, you know, really and truly, I'm doubting God. God can do anything. You know, then I'm wrong. I'm 100% wrong because God can do anything and will do anything. So lepers were required to be separated from society. They had to stay from the, the population. And one thing I found interesting, you can read of different uh, distances they had to stay. One thing I, that I found amusing was six foot. So I said, well, you know, wow. Social distancing in the Old Testament. So... Really, I, I, I'm not kidding. I found six foot, but um, they was required to stay. But the, the thing I want to, to um, or let me read the scripture. And if there, I know it's early, but just stay with me. And if there be, and if there be in the ball head or ball forehead a white reddish sore, it is leprosy sprung up in his ball head or his ball forehead. Then the priest shall look upon it and behold if the rising of the sore be white reddish in his bald head or in his bald forehead as a leprosy appeareth in the skin of the flesh. He is a leprous man. He is unclean. And the priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean. His plague is in his head and the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent and his head bare and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip and he shall cry unclean unclean all the days wherein the plague shall be in uh, shall be in him he shall be defiled he is unclean and he shall dwell alone without the without the camp shall his habitation be now imagine mentally what that would do to you where it says he had to put a covering over his upper lip basically what it's saying is he had to cover his beard he couldn't even have it. He couldn't even, it's, it's like almost today, like you, where, where they wear the cloth. You know, he had to cover his upper lip and, and if anybody got close to him, unclean, unclean. And it would be bad enough to have leprosy. Number one, now you've got to separate yourself. Now it's almost like you're in prison. And if anybody was to get close to you, you have to identify yourself as unclean. And here is... There again, I say this is not something that you like, uh, pardon me for putting it like this, that if you're in jail, 
X amount of days you're getting out. Leprosy, you're not going to be healed. So it ain't like in three years, 10 months, five days, three hours, I'm going to be healed. There's no hope of getting rid of this. I have said it and I'll say it again. Imagine what it was like when the man felt the warmth of a hand hit him. I will. I will be thou clean. And But what I'm saying is mentally, what must it have been like day after day to have to do this and to know you was considered and according to the law, you was unclean. There's no way around it. There's no way, no way to get away from it. You was just unclean. And okay, say you was married, had kids. It affected your whole family. You know, this is, this is something that your whole family had to bear. There was no getting away from it. You was considered unclean. Um, it was just, according to the Mosaic law, they was unclean. You couldn't come in contact with it because guess what? You could catch it. But if you touched them, you was unclean. It was a medical issue. Now, it was not considered something of just of your wealth or prestige. Anyone, so to speak, could get it. So it was not that you was a bad person, a good person. You didn't care. You cared about everybody. You could just get leprosy. So it was just not. And the, the quarantine was not to devalue the person who contacted leprosy. It was just literally to try to control the leprosy. And people, us as individuals, we're often defined by the things that publicly manifest in our lives. Some are outgoing. Some are recluse. You're just publicly known by what's manifested in your life. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. You know, we, we just see this, but it's just... Some lives in hard times, good times, and but where it's really wrong is to discard people that we see people with issues and to discard them or think they're irredeemable. We can't do that. We can't do that because of what the Bible, the examples the Bible has given us and it, there's just so much. I mean, where there is not a greater type analogy than leprosy and sin of just what it does to you. It just, it just what the, what the isolation, the it promises it just the way it makes you feel. Lepers were to live outside side the camp. In fact, if if you want to read it, go to Leviticus 13 and 14. Two whole chapters deals with nothing but leprosy of what you had to do. You crying out, unclean, unclean. And how many times a day did they cry out, unclean? I don't know. I don't know. But that is something they had to do according to the law. They had to cry out, unclean. And it had to be devastating upon them, literally. 
because I don't know what they what they was like, but First Peter four eight says it says it like this. Instructs all believers. Above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Now, above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. That is a horizontal issue. That's not a vertical issue. God's not involved in this. This involves me and you and you and everybody else. I believe this is saying, well, I'll say it like this. Have fervent charity. This means fervent is stretched out. Don't extend grace to one and not grace to another. Okay, and then where he says, shall cover, cover means to hide, to hinder the knowledge of a thing. That's where it says shall cover a multitude of things. Other words, how much of a hypocrite would I be when I come to church? I've picked on Brother Fears. He's available, so I'll, I'll pick on him. I come to church and I know something on Brother Fears, and it says, where the Bible says, for, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. And I said, you know what, that's sorry, Jericho. You know what he's been doing? Does it see, do you see what I'm doing? I'm running my mouth when it should be closed because how much is known of me? Have fervent charity. Stretch yourself out to cover all. The more you are with somebody, the more you know. Have fervent charity. So charity shall cover. You're not trying to hide something that should be told. We have a pastor for that. All I'm saying shall cover. When you come, you protect one another. You don't try to just flay one another at church. Shall cover a multitude of sins. It is not just opening one another up. It said have fervent charity among yourselves because it's just like a family. The more you're with, the more you know. The more you know about each other. Don't expose one another. Love one another. Charity. That love, that godly love, that's why I'm saying this is, this is a horizontal issue. God, God knows everything. But we have the knowledge not to bring it to forefront. Ask God to forgive us of our sins because I can't, as the old saying, I can't run the gator. There's too much the gator has done already. So I need to repent Hold my mouth because this scripture deals with it in, a, I believe, a plain contents where it says, above all, all things, all things, all things, come together, love one another, and you know what? We're not perfect, none of us. We're not perfect. Have fervent charity. Stretch yourself out. Not to fillet one another, to love one another among yourselves for charity shall cover. It's going to do it. It's going to do it. To hinder the knowledge of a thing, it's going to do it. Showing God's love. He said it, 1 Corinthians 13, love suffers long and is kind. 
Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity. But rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. And endures all things. Boy, that is a mouthful. To do that. And do it according to the Lord. God is willing to touch and heal those society has cast aside and that is the truth because you know why? I was one of them because I believe in the Bible where it talks about the 99 and the one I've said and I believe we are the one. I'll make it personal. You are the one. You are the one. You're not part of the 99. If you heard the call of God and you responded to it, you are the one. You are the one. So I'm, I'm God, he, he, he did it. He did it. He did. God was manifested in the flesh, inserted himself into the world so he could demonstrate how we should live. Both Jesus and the writers of the word encouraged us to emulate him that we should therefore take known that Jesus was known, even criticized, associating with sinners and outcasts. The Gospels also reveal that Jesus was not afraid to supersede the law and to touch lepers. Now, when he did this, I believe he was fulfilling the law. He said, there, <clears throat> there came a leper unto him, according to the Bible, beseeching him, kneeling to him, saying in him, if thou will, thou can make me clean. Compassion put his hand forth, and then he said, I will read this. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leper parted from him. He was cleansed and straightly charged him, forthwith, sent him away, saith unto him, Say thou nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer thy cleansing for those things which Moses commanded, for a testimony unto them. But he went out. Here's a man all of a sudden that there's no cure and he's cleansed. And here's the Lord. He's just one man. He hadn't sent his spirit out into many, many hands. Right now he's just one. So he said, don't tell this. Don't tell this. And I believe he said the reason don't tell this is because I am going to be overrun. So he says, but the man went out and began to publish it and to blaze the matter abroad abroad the matter insomuch that Jesus could not no more openly enter into the city, but he was without in the desert places and they came unto him from every quarter. Said the man went out and blazed it everywhere. Okay. I'll give you a 2022 lesson. Blaze the matter, look it up. It means it went viral. <laughs> okay. Maybe it don't. <laughs> But where it says blaze, blaze abroad the matter, blaze is only in there one time and it don't mean it went viral. But in our world, it did go viral. And all of a sudden, the Lord could not do what he wanted to. He had to retreat. But all, all of a sudden, it was, I was healed of leprosy. He was another Mary. All of a sudden, he had another shadow except he had a, a bunch more shadows that came with him. 
I'd be the same way. I had leprosy and he healed me. He's not getting rid of me. Okay, let's bring that to 2022. God heals us of sin, forgives us, and me not be thankful? Who am I? Why wouldn't I want to be thankful? I should be thankful. I should be greatly thankful. Thankful to the Lord. The Bible tells us he was moved with compassion. And I'll say this, just winding down. Now, since COVID, I don't know if you've ever heard of that word, but it makes a a note in here. A lot has happened and changed our world. Everywhere you go, it just, I'll just say it like this. We can get compassioned out. Everywhere I go, do you want to round up your bill? Do you want to donate a dollar? Do you want to do this? You stop, you go to any city, you stop, somebody's holding a sign. I said, but there's, I'm not trying to be cruel. Everywhere you go, there's help wanted signs. It's just, and every place you go and enter, and it's just help, help, help. Something, the tragedy that's all across the world, sin, sin, sin. I understand that. I'm not making light of that. And then it's just everything you do and touch, it's, it's pulling, pulling, pulling. And then you come to church and the preacher preaches on compassion. It takes a while, you know, but we understand the difference. But I'm saying we can get to a point that how much is expected of me, okay? What I think we have to be careful of is to separate the two. What's out there and what's in here. And because it's just, it's everywhere. I mean, we're just not going to get away from it. It is just there. It is just people wanting and begging and just doing everything possible to make us feel uncomfortable. And I hope this is okay. But all I'm saying is when it comes to spiritual compassion, that we can't lose. We can't lose that. That's why I said we can't get to the point that nothing else is going to shock me. Because if I do, then I'm walking away from the, the most precious thing that I know. Because when I, we have to be like God was. And he was willing to touch people. And I don't believe it was just God made himself known to touch those that society wouldn't touch. It was not only them. He would have touched anyone of any stature, of any kind of individual rank. It didn't matter. But the Bible says that God gave unto them, healed them, touched them. It just, I can't let myself be frustrated to the point where it just is just, I get where I'm just, I don't know how else to put it. I'm just compassionate out. And, and because everywhere, 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 and then I come to church and then that I find myself hardened. God help us to be really and truly spiritually minded. 
because COVID has affected this world. And just like the people, the lepers that covered yourself and said unclean, we are living with a world. Sin is so in your face today. And it is just, I can't let this be where it hardens me. And I want to be, and we have to live it, live in this world, but we don't have to be of this world. And I believe just as God was full of compassion, that is what I want to pray for. Give me the compassion that you had and reach out and touch the ones that you touched because they was willing. Let's stand, please. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.